We interrupt your regularly scheduled podcast to bring you Listen, Watch, Discuss. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome back to Listen, Watch, Discuss. As always, I'm your host, Brent Aiken. And uh, I know I said there'd be two more episodes this season, uh, and I know I said there'd be an episode this Monday, but uh, I kind of didn't catch up to the show I was watching in time in order to talk about in order to talk about it on Monday's episode. So I just decided to scrap Monday's episode and talk about the show later in a different episode. Uh, but yeah, so so tonight's episode will be the season will be the finale of season two of this season. And uh, tonight I will be talking about uh, Pearl Jam's debut album, uh, 1991's 10. So uh, Pearl Jam uh, was an American rock band that formed in the in, that formed in Seattle, Washington in 1990. Um, and the band uh, consisted of Jeff Ament, uh, who was the who was the bassist. Stone Gossard, who was the rhythm guitarist, Mike McCready, who was the lead guitarist, um, and Eddie Vedder, who was the frontman and lead vocalist, and and also the guitarist. Um, and they uh, they were part of the since they were from Seattle, they were part of the the grunge scene that was forming in Seattle in the late eighties and. You know, it was around from the late 80s and, and sort of petered out in the mid-90s, uh, you know, shortly after Cobain's tragic, uh, Kurt Cobain's tragic death. But, um, but yeah, they, uh, the story of, of the band forming, um, Jeff Ament and Stone Gossard uh, began rehearsing with Mike McCready after uh, their previous band, uh, Mother Love Bone, uh, faded out in 1990 due to the death of their frontman and lead singer, Andrew Wood. Um, and, uh, they recorded a five instrumental, a five song instrumental demo tape with Matt Cameron on the drums. And, uh, they were given to copies of the demo were eventually given to Eddie Vedder and, um, and the rest is history. And then they <laughs> recorded many of the songs, uh, on the album were instrumental jams or reworked songs from Jeff and Stone's previous band, Mother Love Bone. Um, and vet and Eddie ended up comprising new melodies and lyrics for some of the, for some of the songs. But yeah, so, uh, this, uh, <clears throat> this album, uh, came out, uh, August 27th, 1991. So it's been exactly 30 years since it came out. And um, this album is often regarded as uh, it's their, it's Pearl Jam's most commercially successful album, but it's also often regarded by many fans of grunge, uh, rock, and uh, Pearl Jam as being their best album. And um, and for and I haven't heard all of their albums. I've really I've only heard this one and their next album and their second album uh, verses. But after having heard this album, uh, you know, and, ha- and listening to it on repeat for several months, um, I, I really do, I, I really do love this album. It's, um, everything's great on it from the drumming to the guitars, to Eddie's vocals, to the, p- uh, occasional piano, to, um, the production on it, 
everything about it's just it's it sounds really great um so yeah so um with that out of the way uh or with that being said uh let's discuss the songs oh yeah and also pearl jam was originally um yeah so after they formed originally before they decided to call themselves pearl jam they were originally going to call the band um let's see they were originally going to call it mookie blaylock the uh basketball player uh but uh and and the uh, the reason why the album was named 10 was because that was his uh jersey number uh mookie wore a uh a 10 on his jersey so that's why the album name was 10 uh but they they couldn't get the rights obviously to name the band after famous basket the basketball player so they just decided to go with pearl jam I'm not entirely sure why they went with Pearl Jam. I'll have to look that up later. But, but I mean, I think that was a good second choice. Um, I'm glad they went with that instead of Mookie Blaylock. I don't know. It just sound, sounds kind of weird. But, uh, but okay, well, with that being said, uh, let's begin. Let's start talking about... Let's start going over the songs. So, uh, track one, we have Once. Um, now, this... Um, this song starts off with this like little gradual build up with like these uh, well it's it's a brief interlude of the closing track on the album Master Slave which is technically part of the la- which is technically part of the song release which is like the last song on the album but it it's kind of neat because the beginning of the the album begins on this like weird slow you know uh out like spacey feeling build up and then it and then when you get to the end of the album the last song like the last three minutes of the last song end on this same build up so so in a way if you like listen to the album on repeat it it's kind of it kind of goes in in a continuous loop which i kind of like but um but yeah the song um basically it's a uh middle chapter of a trilogy of songs that Eddie described as a mini opera entitled Mama Son, with it being preceded by Alive, which is a song, a little, you know, uh, on the album, and Footsteps, which I think was a song that was cut from the album. But uh, basically, Once tells the tale of a man's uh, descent into madness, and this leads uh, to him becoming a serial killer. And yeah, you can hear it, or you you can tell in the lyrics uh, <laughs> that um, he's a serial killer, um, because there's this line. Um, it, well, I I love I love I love the song because um, I just love the way I just love the way the energy that Eddie gives when he's singing it. Uh, I love the lyrics too, and the drumming is like is is fantastic as well on the guitar um and Eddie, and Eddie's vocals uh especially I mean especially during the chorus are really like strong and powerful um I'll say that I'll end up saying that a few times throughout the uh this episode but uh but especially in the course of this one they're great but the line in verse one the last two lines I got a bomb in my temple that is going to explode I got a 16 gauge buried under my clothes I play and then um so basically he's saying like, you know, I'm about to lose it. Like basically him saying, I got a bomb in my temple. It's going to explode. That's basically him saying, I'm about to snap. I'm going to lose it. And the 16 gauge buried under my clothes is 
you know, re- referencing the fact that he's, you know, about to make the transition into full-fledged, you know, murderer, serial killer. And then the chorus that follows that line, um, once upon a time, uh, I could control myself. Once upon a time, I could lose myself. Yeah. So basically he's saying, yeah, you know, it, it, once upon a time, at one point in my life, this, I wasn't as insane as I was and I could control myself, but now I'm losing myself. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm, and now I'm just this, you know, mass murderer or not mass murderer, but now I'm just this insane murderer. And, um, and yeah, it's just, it's, 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 uh, kind of a short song. It doesn't have, well, it, uh, it doesn't have a whole lot of lyrics, but, um, but it, it's good. It's, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's a little under four minutes. It's a perfect length for an opening track. And, uh, and this is a great opening song. Uh, cause it, cause it starts, like I said, with that slow, like almost kind of out of body spacey feeling like the, the, like it sets up this like atmosphere. It's very atmospheric and it feels very, um, it, yeah, like I said, it feels very out of body and spacey and trippy, uh, the, the intro to this song and the buildup. And then, and then the drums kick, and then the guitar kicks in, and the drums kick in. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it justice. I'm not doing it exactly right, but, but um, but yeah. So great first song, um, great opening track. I love it. Um, yeah. So uh, on to the next song, uh, track two, even flow. Now this song is about. It's the narration of a homeless man, or of the life of a homeless man, and um, and basically, yeah. So, um, a lot of the lyrics in this one is basically just going over the life of a homeless man. Um, but yeah, most of, and it's uh, a fun fact about this song too is that most, uh, like the Pearl Jam was very, they were very efficient in the studio. And they got most of their songs done in just a few takes, but even flow took between like fifty and a hundred takes to get. <laughs> so that was the exception to the rule. That song, and um, they had to edit the middle uh, of the song because the drummer couldn't keep up, and it would just it it took it took way too long for them to get. But I'm glad they did get it right because this is a really good song. And it is one of the three hit singles from this album, um, so I, I think I think it was well worth it. Even though it took fifty to a hundred takes to to get, I think it was very well worth it. And um, but yeah, basically everything about the song's good. Uh, I love the lyrics. I love how in the chorus for this song, or not the chorus, but the verse. I love how he kind of uh, speeds up. Uh, or he, he, he speeds up, uh, what he's singing. Um, like in the first verse when he's saying, freezing, rests his head on a pillow made of concrete again, you know, like that. Uh, I love how he kind of, I, I love how he kind of switches his, uh, his pace with, uh, with the singing in, in the verse and in the chorus, you know, uh, but mostly the verses, I mean, he switches like, he kind of sings, he he kind of emphasizes words in some parts, and then he kind of like 
runs them all together in a way. I mean, not not to where you can't understand what he's saying, but like he he'll he'll like really hold on a note on one word. I mean, like he'll really hold on a word for a few seconds and then like freezing, like 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 freezing, and then he'll go, you know, rests his head on a pillow made of concrete again, you know, like he'll he'll sing that part like a little bit faster than than the previous part. So anyway, I just I love that. I love how that um, how he sings this song, and I love the in the in the middle of the song where he's like, uh, or I, I love in throughout the verse when he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know why I just love that part. Um, but yeah, like, like the lines, uh, it's basically just, um, a homeless man, uh, like rests his head on a pillow made of concrete. He's basically sleeping outside on the sidewalk. Um, he can't help when he's happy. He looks insane. You know, like, you know, anytime you see a homeless man grinning, you know, they most likely, you know, I mean, like, even if they look happy, they still look crazy because they, they're kind of unkempt and, you know, like they, they're probably missing some teeth. Uh, and you know, they're just homely. I mean, you know, like they're just dressed in baggy clothes and, and, you know, and they've probably gone a little bit insane due to being homeless for so long. So, I mean, so, (laughs) so when they, when they finally are happy, they, they do kind of look insane. Um, but yeah, so yeah, basically, yeah. So he, so they tend to look crazy to the normal person, even if they are happy. So, um, and then the chorus, even flow thoughts arrive like butterflies. Oh, he don't know. So he chases them away. Basically saying like, oh, he's got all these, um, he's got all these different thoughts, uh, entering his head. Um, but you know, but he doesn't know. So he chases them all away. Like, um, yeah, it's, uh, but yeah, I'm trying to explain it. Like it's basically like okay, this is a good way of explaining it. Basically, him chasing away the act of chasing away the butterflies is like um experiencing optimism in the face of difficulty. Um but it's like him trying to like the butterflies are like optimism and he's chasing them away in the face of difficulty, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so, and, and since he doesn't have a permanent home, yeah, he's chasing away the thoughts that are entering his head of optimism because he knows his life's difficult. Um, so yeah. Um, anyway, sorry, it took me a second to explain that. I was trying to figure out how to word that. But, uh, but yeah, I love the weird, like, vocal effects in the song where it kind of sounds like he's echoing uh, throughout, um, during the, uh, well, actually, yeah, during the chorus and the verses, it sounds like there's like this weird echo effect where, you know, it sounds like it's, it, it, it gives you that arena rock, uh, feel like it gives you that feeling of like, oh yeah, this sounds like I'm in a stadium, you know, (laughs) with these really loud speakers and, you know, like, like they're, like they're right in front of me, you know? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a really catchy song. Um, love the, uh, concept of the song. It's, it's just about a homeless man kind of chasing away, you know, happy thoughts and ex- kind of accepting the fact that he's homeless. I mean, it's kind of sad, but I mean, it's, you know, it's, 
it's uh it's still it's still a very good catchy song and uh i'm glad this was uh one of the hit singles because it's um it deserved to be i think uh all right track three alive uh this one is based on uh this is actually based on eddie's uh real life like this is something that happened in eddie's life he basically this was a personal experience of his uh at the time um well when he was younger uh well okay yeah he was told uh by his mother that the man he thought was his father was not actually his father so this is basically um you know this is basically eddie kind of retelling that uh story but it's it basically uh is about a young man discovering that his father is his stepfather and his mother's grief leads to uh leads to an incestuous relationship with the son who strongly resembles the biological father. So, uh, obviously that part didn't happen in, uh, that part didn't happen with Eddie and his mother, but like it, it, um, it ends up, um, happening in the song. Like he, he took it a little one step further in the song, but, um, but no, it's a really good song. I really love, I love the guitar, the opening riff to this one it's very powerful and and then the piano comes in and um i love the way eddie sings this too um but yeah the lines like in the verse 1 where he's like uh basically the mother is telling his or her son uh while you were sitting home alone at age 13 your real daddy was dying sorry you didn't see him but i'm glad we talked <laughs> and um and you know and then uh you know, and the, and then in verse two is where the um, that uh, you know relationship uh, that incestuous relationship begins, um, and then she, yeah, so that happens. Um, like she's grieving over the loss of her husband, and then that and then this whole you know inappropriate relationship begins between the mother and the the son. Um. But yeah, so I love, and and yeah, it gets, it gets kind of dark, but it's, it's a very good song. Um, and, uh, I, it's, you know, tackling serious subject matter too about, uh, you know, cause a lot of, a lot of kids, uh, have most likely experienced this about with, uh, finding out that one of their parents is actually their step parent or one of their parents is still alive after all these years. Uh, or, well, I mean, alive or dead, but like either way, you know, it's some like a, even if it's not specifically a parent's death, you know, like the, like, uh, uh, uh the reveal that your step parent is, isn't, or that your parent isn't your real, st- sorry, I'm screwing up what I'm saying. Uh, not everyone has experienced, maybe not everyone has experienced their father or mother being revealed to be their stepfather or mother. Um, and you know, their real father or mother being dead, you know, but, uh, but a lot of, but a lot of the, a lot of people have experienced family drama and, and real like big secrets kept within a family. So I feel like even if you haven't like, not just, well, I feel like even if you haven't, um, lost a parent or, you know, discovered, like I said, that your step parent wasn't your that your that your parent was your step parent and your real parent is was dead 
I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not articulating this very well, but, uh, but I feel like even though, even if you haven't, uh, you know, had a parent who's died or a big reveal that, uh, the parent you thought you knew was your biological parent was actually your step parent or adopted parent. Um, I feel like you could still get something powerful and powerful and impactful out of this. Um, because, uh, like I said, everyone's gone through some family, some big family secret reveals or, you know, or just drama of any kind. And I love the chorus too. I love the way Eddie, uh, is like, it's very, it's very powerful and emotional and you feel it with like, he's singing with his soul, like Eddie's singing with his soul. I mean, he does throughout the entire album, but especially in this song, he really does sing with his soul. Um, where he goes, ah, Oh, I'm still alive. Hey, oh, you know, and I just I love him because he's got like this deep baritone voice. I mean, he can he can also kind of sing in a higher register, not like you know way too high, but like he can kind of sing in like a normal voice, and then he gets like way low, you know, like even flow, you know, like that. I just love when he when his voice gets deep. It sounds great, but um. But yeah, th- this song was great, and it, and again, it, it was one of the hit singles from the album as well. Uh, track four, Why Go. Uh, this is a song about a a girl who was put in a mental hospital and um, against her will and without any mental illness. So basically, the song refers to the lack of motivation to go back home after spending, you know, after wrongfully spending time in in the nursing home in the, a nursing home. And, um, and, you know, and this is another, uh, interesting, uh, topic too, about, um, the elderly in nursing homes and all that. Um, but it's a, it's a really good song too. Um, let's see. And it's basically, yeah, basically Eddie is just, uh, describing her, um, the elderly lady's, um, process. Like, um, like, she, like, uh, like in the first verse, uh, it's been two years and counting since they put her in this place. She's been diagnosed and mommy agrees. Why go home? Why go home? You know, et cetera. Uh, but you know, it's, it's basically him describing the, uh, process of this elderly lady being stuck in this mental hospital, you know, like being thrown in there, even though she didn't have any mental, even though she didn't have any, uh, mental, uh, any mental condition that warranted her being in there. And, um, and, you know, and and then in verse two, it's like, oh, she's trying, she seems to be stronger, but they want to make her weak, you know, like basically trying to break her spirit and keep her from trying to escape, trying to, or trying to alert anyone that she shouldn't be in there. So, um, kind of another dark topic, (laughs) you know, like just this woman being forced to stay in this hospital, um, against her will, but, but it's, it's very catchy, um, the chorus is very catchy with the, why go home, why go home, it's very catchy, and, um, and it's, I think it's the shortest, or it's one of the shortest songs on the album, if not the shortest, but, um, but it was a very good, it's a very good one too, uh, let's see, what's the next song, track five, we have, uh, Black, um, this is one of their uh, best known songs, and it's a central emotional piece on the album. Um, and despite pressure, 
from the record, their record company, Epic Records, uh, Pearl, they refused to make it a single, and because they felt it was too personal, and uh, the feeling of it would be lost by release, you know, by having a music video accompany it. Um, in fact, Eddie uh, stated that fragile songs get crushed by the business. Uh, I don't want to be a part of it. I don't think the band wants to be a part of it. So, um. And, uh, and, and Eddie, uh, actually ended up, uh, calling radio station managers to make sure that their record company hadn't released the song as a single, you know, against his wishes, because he felt like they might still do that despite his, uh, despite him being adamantly against it. But, uh, in spite of this, the song charted at number three on the Billboard mainstream rock tracks chart and number 20 on the Billboard modern rock tracks chart in 1993. So... Uh, but yeah, this basic the song is basically about uh, letting go. It's very rare for a relationship to withstand uh, the Earth's gravitational pull and where it's going to take people and how they're going to grow. I've heard it said that you can't really have a true love unless it unless it was a love unrequited. It's a harsh one because then you tr- your trust uh, is the one you can't have forever. Your truest one is the one you can't have forever. Uh, that's uh, that was a quote from Eddie explaining the song um so yeah so um it's a real it's a really good song i really love the lyrics in this one and um just everything about it's great i love eddie's towards the end like when the song fades out the guitar solo that accompanies his vocalizations just the you know and then the the piano in the middle or the 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 piano throughout, and um, and just and the song as uh as well is just like I said full of full of you know very poetic lyrics, like uh like the first verse is basically, or the first line in the first verse is basically about a the beginning of a relationship, and uh it's a relationship that had the potential to become something beautiful like art on a canvas, because uh. The first line is is literally, sheets of empty canvas, untouched sheets of clay, were laid spread out before me as her body once did. All five horizons revolved around her soul as the earth to the sun. So, like I said, very poetic sounding, very beautiful. Um, and uh, but the second line clarifies that the love has ended or been lost. Um, and the the all five horizons line that that part of the second line. Uh, it could refer to the five senses since he since he says they revolve around her soul um so so there's that um and um yeah and then verse 2 is like the basically the relationship uh has ended and it's basically he's saying i take a walk outside i'm surrounded by some kids at play um and twisted thoughts spin that spin around my head um, how quick the sun can drop away, you know, and that, that, and that line's basically or the, how quick the sun can drop away basically is kind of like saying, oh yeah, how quickly happiness can fade away or, you know, how quickly things can go from great to completely horrible, or at least that's how I interpret that line. Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, this is a great song, uh, very, you know, is sad, you know, uh, but very, very, uh, very poetic, very beautiful. And, um, and it wasn't, 
It wasn't a lead single, which I was surprised, or it wasn't a hit single. I mean, it did well, but I mean, it wasn't of the three, Even Flow, Alive, and Jeremy. Those were the three big hits, and then Black was kind of a, was I mean, was it was still a good you know song. It was still kind of a hit, but it was um, not as not as much as those three, not as huge as those three. Uh, so yeah, but fantastic song otherwise. Um, let's see what else. Oh yes. And the next track after this is, uh, track six, Jeremy. Now this song, uh, is, yeah, was one of their biggest hits and, uh, it, it's definitely one of my favorites on the album. Although it's kind of hard to pick for me to pick a favorite cause they're all of the same of around the same quality, but this is, um, this is a very good one. The song is basically, it's based on two different true stories. Uh, the main inspiration for the song was from a, uh, Eddie was basically reading the newspaper one day and he read this article about a, a teenage boy, uh, named Jeremy Wade Dell from Richardson, Texas. He ended up, uh, and basically it was, uh, on a Tuesday morning, January 8th, 1991 at about 9:45 AM. He, uh, stood up in front of his, uh, English class and shot himself. He, he walked right up to the blackboard and shot himself, um, for all of them to see. And, and his teacher was there and everything. And it, and it just, you know, sent shockwaves throughout the, his school and, uh, and kind of throughout, um, throughout the, uh, his town and everything. But, uh, Eddie basically felt that he needed to take that article and make something of it because, you know, to give it, uh, to give it more importance because, um, unfortunately suicides, you know, unfortunately people kill themselves all the time. There, there is suicide that happens every day, everywhere in the world. And, um, and it's something that needs to be prevented, uh, at all costs and, you know, whenever possible, because, um, you know, I mean, depression is a, is, you know, an ugly thing that can, uh, you know, I mean, it can manifest itself in, in some really sad ways. And it's, you know, it's just important to remind people who are depressed or, you know, or suicidal or both, um, that there is, you know, that they have, uh, worth, you know, and they have a life worth living for, and they have people that care about them and, you know, and, and reminding them that there's still so much on life that they're, that they won't get to experience if they live. I mean, I mean, if they, if they kill themselves, you know, and, 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 and things like that. So, so yeah, basically that's what the, the song is about. And, um, and, uh, and also the, the song is also about a Eddie ended up, uh, he knew a guy in junior high school and when he was in, uh, San Diego, California, he did the same thing. But, um, but instead of, uh, well, he didn't take his own life. He, he ended up shooting up an oceanography room, but, um, so he kind of did. So, you know, he, I think he killed a few people, but he didn't, he didn't kill himself, but he did like this huge act of violence that ended up, you know, this huge impactful act that this, this grand, you know, horrible act that impacted and, and murdered you know, and, and ended up costing the lives of one or more people, you know. Uh, but yeah, so that's what the song's about. Uh, it starts off with this great, 
you know, kind of slow build. I mean, not too slow, but it starts off with a slow enough build to the first verse with the down, 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 with the guitar. I love the guitar in this. And then the drums, the don't, 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 don't. They get louder and louder with each, with each, uh, hit of the, hit of the, uh, the foot pedal or not the foot pedal. I guess that's what it's called. Well, anyway, you know, it's, they get louder and louder with each hit, with each hit. And, um, and then the verse kicks in. And basically, yeah, the, the song is talking about this boy, Jeremy. Uh, and in the song, he's drawing, he's drawing pictures like these very crude pictures of him as a king on top of this mountain of dead bodies. Um, and, you know, it's, it's described in detail in the first verse where he's like, um, arms raised in a V, uh, drawing pictures of mountaintops, lemon yellow sun, the dead lay in pools of maroon below. Basically, the dead lay in their pools of own, uh, the, the dead lay in these pools and rivers of blood while Jeremy is just standing on top of it, you know, like with his arms raised up in a V, basically like, you know, basically him like, you know, relishing in, in, in all the death and destruction he caused. And, you know, he's, he's a king, you know, <laughs> he's, he can do anything. And then in the, uh, and then, uh, in the pre-chorus, um, and, and later in the song, uh, basically it just mentions the fact that his parents don't give him any attention. They just ignore him completely. Um, and I love the line, daddy didn't give attention. Oh, to the fact that mommy didn't care. So basically, yeah, it's, so his dad didn't give attention to his mom not caring and his mom didn't care about him. So, so basically both of his parents were horrible, shitty parents <laughs> and, uh, for one, ignoring him and two, well, yeah, not just ignoring him, but also ignoring the fact that he had a, that he was kind of going insane and he was depressed and, you know, just not even paying attention to the, the, the way he was expressing himself. Like, not even noticing the very crude, crudely drawn painting or crudely drawn crown. I'm assuming maybe crown drawing that he made of of him laying, of him standing on top of a pile of dead people. <laughs> like, you know, like they're just so focused on each other or, or their jobs or other things that they that that didn't even they that didn't even register with them. Uh, and then the chorus, Jeremy spoke in class today. Jeremy spoke in class today is basically referring to the. One, it's re- well, it's referring to him speaking up because you know uh, you kind of get the the feeling, especially because later in the second verse, uh, we get a mention that uh, he, he had a bully who picked on him regularly. But um, but the uh, the chorus is referring to Jeremy not only speaking out, you know, to his class, like acknowledging, like, hey, I have something to say, but also him committing that s- suicidal act or that act of suicide. Um, and then in verse two, we switch to the bully, his bully's perspective where he's talking about, oh yeah, I remember picking on the boy. Like, it's almost as if like, this is a reporter, uh, or one of the teachers or something talking to him, uh, or, or, or a therapist or something, you know, um, talking to him. And he's basically reflecting on the, um, I, it's, I, I feel like it's, I, it's him as a kid, like not, not too long after, although it could be the bully's an adult, but he's basically saying, oh yeah, he seemed like a harmless little piece of shit. You know, <laughs> I, I picked on him, you know, we got into a fight, the a recess lady kind of got, you know, caught in the middle of it. And, um, he hit me with a surprise left. Like he, like he got in a good punch. Um, 
but yeah, and and then uh, and then he and then the verse ends with uh, my jaw my jaw left hurting, dropped wide open just like the day like the day I heard, and that's basically him referring to the fact that oh yeah he hit me so bad my jaw was hurting, and it was wide open just like the day that that shit all went down the the day that he you know killed himself because he was you know we find out I was like oh he was in uh, his English he was in Jeremy's class when that happened you know and um and then i love the pre-course too where it's daddy didn't give affection but instead of to the fact that mommy didn't care the line is and the boy was something that mommy wouldn't wear so basically it's kind of referring to the fact that she's caught up like i was mentioning like they're caught up in their jobs or themselves or anything or you know uh things like that but that line was uh, specifically talking about like uh, that's kind of like oh she's so caught up in fashion and like you know what she's wearing like she's caught up in like having all these, you know, good looking clothes and like maybe expensive jewelry that she doesn't even care about her own kid. Like she's just worried about looking, looking her best, looking good instead of caring about her son's well-being. And, um, and then the bridge, I love the bridge too. the try to forget this, try to erase this from the blackboard. And it's, uh, basically like erasing his blood, (laughs) which is dark because I mean, they don't outright say it, but that's basically implying is his blood, you know, try to, cause he was standing right next to the blackboard when he shot himself. So it's like, you know, everyone's trying to forget that this happened. Everyone's trying to erase the blood stained, the, the blood stained blackboard, you know? And, um, and I love the chorus, how it repeats Jeremy spoke in class today. And then the outro, uh, where he's going, Ooh. You know, I I can't do it justice, <laughs> but the who 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 you know, <laughs> I love I love that. Um, it's like it's like in black when he's going do 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 do, and it just it it's a great way to. And then then the guitar comes in and it kind of slows down towards the end. The down 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 down, and it it sounds great. Uh, but yeah, one of my favorites from the album. And speaking of this, next one's also a favorite of mine from the album. Uh, track seven, Oceans. Uh, now this song, I think this one is the shortest one on the album, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yes, it's two minutes, 42 seconds. It's the shortest on the album, but it's very, it's very grand and grand and epic sounding. It's very poetic and very, very, very mellow and very, but very dramatic. And I, I just, I love how it sounds, but it's basically, the song's basically talking about uh, well, it was inspired by Eddie Eddie's affinity for surfing, um, and basically the song is a love song that uh, Eddie wrote uh, about his. Uh, I think at the time, yeah, because he married her later. But it, at the time, it was a love song he wrote to his uh, girlfriend Beth, and um, you know there there aren't there's only two verses in the song, but you know it's it's. I like it. I mean, not every song has to be five minutes long. I like that they had some songs that were longer than others and some that were shorter than others. And this song is like perfectly paced and it's just the right length to, to not, it doesn't go on too long. You know, like it, it, it begins and ends and it's, it's a perfect length. Um, but yeah, so like the, the first verse, hold on to the thread, the currents will shift, glide me towards you, know something's left. And, um, and, and we're all allowed to dream of the next, of the next time we touch. And that's basically referring to the fact that there, the, uh, while they may not be physically together 
and they've probably been apart for a while, uh, they can still dream of the next time we touch, like the next time they, they physically get back together. I mean, not just like physically, but I mean like the next time they physically see each other and touch each other's faces and like kiss and all that, you know, the next time they hold each other's hands and hug each other, you know, and, uh, this strengthens the thread between them as it gives both, both parts, both the, the, uh, Eddie and Beth, or, you know, the couple in the song, uh, it gives them both parts, hope and belief that they'll be together again. And then in the second verse, you don't have to stray through though oceans away. And basically the lover on the shore, this is referring to the lover on the shore doesn't have to worry about the speaker not coming back. Like, uh, like it's like Eddie's like saying to Beth, you know, you don't have to worry about not coming back. Um, you don't have to worry about me not coming back. It may lead you to stray. And the oceans away refers to the distance between them, separated by not one, but like several oceans. And then the verse, the second verse ends with, um, I will be there or please stand by the shore. I will be, I will be there once more. Basically saying like, yeah, I will come back for you. Like I may be going through some things right now. I may be busy, but I will, you know, I, I may not be able to see you for a while, but I will see you eventually. I promise because I love you. And it's just a very sweet song, and I love the, throughout the, I love the, I think there's like a piano in it, but I love the, uh, the, from Eddie in the song, uh, and while, while the drums are playing, like, the drums are kind of softer in this one, uh, not, not as raw and aggressive, but, um, but they're, you know, while he's saying that, or while the drums are playing, like, uh, behind him, uh, you can hear, he's going, you know, like that. And it just, you know, like I said, so much passion in his voice. Um, and it's just, it sounds fantastic. I, one of my favorites from the album. And again, it's kind of hard because to say that because they're all great, but, um, but yeah, fantastic. So, uh, the next song we have is, uh, track eight porch. Uh, this was one of their first songs written. Uh, Eddie wrote the lyrics when he was traveling from San Diego, uh, where he lived to Seattle, uh, you know, when he was meeting at the time of him meeting the other band members for the first time in November of 1990. Uh, he recorded it in the spring of 91 and, uh, and it was released as part of this album. Uh, the song's deliberately vague to leave it open to interpretation. However, uh, most people consider it to, uh, center on a romantic breakup. And, um, and, and yeah, it, it, uh, reading the lyrics, listening to the lyrics, it does kind of, you kind of get that impression from it. Um, like in the first verse, you didn't leave a message. At least I could have learned your voice one last time. Uh, basically saying like, yeah, like you broke up with me, like through a text or well not a text, but like you broke up with me. You didn't leave a message. At least I could have heard your voice. Like I could have heard you one last time say that you broke up with me, but you just like left a note or a text. I mean, I know text messaging wasn't a thing in 91, but you know what I mean? Like you could have, you could have done it in person. You didn't have to like break up with me. You didn't have to stop seeing me or write a note saying, Oh yeah, we're done. Or texting me. We're done, you know? Um, and you know, I, um, you know, and, and so, you know, you get that throughout the, the song. Um, like, hold my hand, lay beside me. It's basically him saying, hey, I need you with me. Please stay. Let, let's please stay together, you know. Um, 
Yeah, it's like, you know, he's calling to his ex to hold his hand and walk beside him. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, because it's, it's, it's basically him admitting that, yeah, I need you. I want to be with you. I don't want us to break up, you know. So please come back into my life. Let's, you know, let, let's let's try this again, you know. And um, and it's this is one of their faster paced songs. The drums are very intense. The guitar is very intense. And it, it sounds great. Um, especially at the end when, when, when it, when it, when it goes like really fast and then it kind of just winds down to a close. I love that. Um, but yeah, another great song, um, track nine, we're coming up on the last three, uh, track nine, we have Garden. Uh, this song is, um, well, basically it is, um, you know, I'm not really sure. It's, uh. (laughs) It's a good song though, but it's um hmm not quite sure what this one's about. Um but I I kind of take it to be um maybe another relationship song because in the chorus he says I will walk with my hands bound, I will walk with my face blood. Um I will walk with my shadow flag into your garden, garden of stone. After all is done and we're still alone, I won't be taken yet. Um, and and it seems like, uh, it's this girl who is like, uh, talking, it's basically Eddie referring to this girl who wants to be in a relationship with him, but he's refusing because, uh, maybe he's not in like the best mental state right now, or he just got out of a relationship or, you know, something else happened in his life where he doesn't feel like he has to where he, where he doesn't feel like he has the time or the mental state, mental capacity, you know, or the, you know, just, just the time and energy to focus on being in a relationship with someone. Uh, at least, well, at least from, you know, reading the lyrics, that's kind of what the interpretation I get from it is. Um, but it's another good one. Good guitar, good drums. Uh, <laughs> I I guess I don't have too much to say about this one, but it's just another good one. Um, So yeah, so uh, track 10, uh, the second to last track, Deep. Um, This is another good one. It's um, basically just talking about, uh, well, the first verse, yeah, it's basically talking about, it's in the perspective of a man that's about to commit suicide by jumping off the top of a building. And, uh, the, the, the name of the song deep is referring to, uh, the fact that he's in too deep to turn back from his decision. Like he's already made it this far. He can't go back from it. Like he can't, yeah, he can't, he can't go back from, uh, from this decision. He's, he's too far, not too far gone, but he's like too far into it. You know what I mean? Um, and the line as well, uh, uh, at the, at the end of the first verse and he sinks the needle deep. Uh, it sounds like, uh, he's basically like refer, like, um, shooting up maybe heroin or some other addictive drug, um, like heavily abusing the drug, whatever it is. Um, and I just love, I love the chorus. I love the way Eddie sings it. Um, the can't touch the bottom in too deep. Yeah. Can't touch the bottom. I lo- I love the intensity of it, and um, and love how the chorus is a little more intense than the ver- than than each verse, um. But it was it was a good one, 
Um, and then there's this uh, girl that he meets uh, in verse two that, um, you know, he's, he's basically, um, yeah, so it's, it's crazy because in the first verse, he's contempl- he's a drug addict contemplating suicide. Then he's a murderer in the second verse. Um, and he sinks the knife. Yeah, because in the second verse, he's got a great view and he sinks the burning knife deep. So he's obviously killed someone. And then the third line, um, uh, in the, at the end of the first verse, yeah, he's like a young virgin down from heaven visiting hell. Uh, and then at the end of that verse, he says... And she doesn't like the view, she doesn't like the view, she doesn't like the view, but he sinks her, himself deep. So basically, he was a drug addict, he's a suicidal drug addict, turned murderer, turned child rapist. <laughs> and it's a chilling verse, like, it's just crazy how the, the it goes from, like, through so many different, um, like, serious, you know, dark topics at once. Um, but it's a chilling verse, and, uh, and it's to the man above her or the rapist, she means nothing. And she doesn't like the view, the, the view of him being on top of her. But he sinks himself deep and, uh, you know, I'm just going to let you fill that one in. <laughs> you know, him sinking himself in deep. Like, I'm just going to let you, you know, uh, come to your own conclusion as to what you think that means. But I think we all know what that means without me having to say it. <laughs> so, but yeah, so that's a good song. Uh has a nice groove to it, nice, nice rhythm. And, um, like I said, I love the intensity of the chorus contrasting with the verses. I mean, the ver- the verses are intense, but the chorus is a little bit more intense and, um, you know, a little, a little faster paced than the, uh, the verses. So, um, so yeah, the final song on the album, uh, track 11, uh, release. It's also the longest song on the album clocking in at nine minutes and seven seconds. And, um, it's a really good song. It was basically, um, they were enti- the lyrics for the song were entirely improvised the first time they recorded it. Um, and it was also recorded quite cheaply over some old Kipper Jones cassettes that Eddie had hauled down to their, uh, recording studio or their rehearsal space, um, in a box for the sessions. But the song is about Eddie dealing with the reality that his father is actually his stepfather kind of, you know, refer going back to, uh, alive. Um, and, and the fact that he never knew his real father and, uh, it's, this is felt in the lyrics of the song and, um, and also fun fact, Eddie has respected the spiritual nature of the song's inception, like their, their creation of the song. And even to this day, he still has not, uh, written the lyrics out on paper. So, huh, that's interesting. Um, but yeah, so this, so yeah, the lyrics are great in this one as well. Um, I see the world, feel the chill, which way to go, window seal. I see the words on a rocking horse of time. I see the birds in the rain. And um and yeah, this is, you know, he's a, a basically he's about to commit suicide and then in the in the second verse, uh, oh dear dad, can you see me now? I am myself like you somehow. And um and, he, you know, so he's been told about his father's death and how much he looks like him. And he's struggling with being himself and looking like his father. And he doesn't know what to do. And, you know, all he knows is that he's suffering and he just wants the pain to stop. And he feels like the only way to do that is to off himself. Um, 
And so, and the, and the release, the name of the song comes from him wanting his father to release him from this pain. Um, and yeah, and then the first or the third verse, the final verse, um, is basically in the middle of the verse, he's, uh, saying, I'll wait up in the dark for you to speak to me. Uh, how I've opened up, release me. Basically him saying, you know, he wants to speak with his dad's ghost, his dad's spirit, uh, and release him from this, uh, you know, pain he's felt of not knowing his father and, you know, looking and acting and feeling just like how he was, you know, um, that being, you know, suicidal and depressed. And, um, it's a very like slower paced song, but it's a very calm, you know, again, dark, uh, song, (laughs) but very, very dark, but very calm, soothing song, soothing in a way, you know, uh, for the album to end on. And also like the first, like the second half of the song, like, like I said, uh, like how once started out with this, you know, very atmospheric, trippy, slow buildup to, to the, uh, the guitars and the drums and the verse, uh, you know, the actual singing, this song, the last three and a half minutes ends with like how once began. So like I said, it, you know, like how I said it, um, the album is pretty much a, uh, loop. Like if you played it on loop, it would actually, you know, begin and end in a loop. Like it would begin, it, it begin, it ends the same way it begins. And I, I like when albums do that. Um, and then it just fades out, um, as if it, uh, was going to, as if it, uh, it fades, it fades out until, you know, nothing's left and like how once began, you know, where it was nothing for a few seconds and then the, the instrumental fades in, you know, so, but yeah, so yeah, I really love this album. It's one of my favorites, uh, by them. And again, I've only heard their first two albums and a few of their, a few of their other songs from, uh, from random, from sporadic albums, you know, throughout their discography, but it is a really good album. Um, one of my favorites from the, the grunge era of rock. And, um, and yeah, I just, uh, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend it. Um, it's for, again, from what I've heard, <laughs> it's it, to me, it's their best work. And to, and a lot of people agree with me on that. Uh, a lot of people seem to agree that, the, and that this is their, it's their, definitely their, like I said, their most commercially successful album, but a lot of people like to think, or a lot of people think that it is their, like critics and fans think that it's their best album in terms of just writing, in terms of like the, the, uh, instruments, the, the playing of their instruments, the, the singing, the, the, the lyrics and the, the production and pretty much everything. So, but, um, but yeah, highly recommend listening to it if you haven't yet. Um, it's, uh, just a little over 53 minutes and, uh, and I don't think you'll find a bad song on the album. Each song, um, you know, it's it's one of those few albums where I can say that I liked every song on the album. And um, and that doesn't... It's happening more and more often because I'm listening to a lot of different artists that I... I mean, a lot, a lot of artists that I like. And uh, maybe it's just me not... Maybe it's just me not being picky. But there are... I'm noticing that there are uh, more albums that I'm listening to where I don't, there's not a song that I, um, don't like on it. Um, but who knows, but, but yeah, I don't, I, if, if you listen to it, take my word for it, you'll love it. I don't think there's a song you won't like on it. So, um, 
but yeah, so with that being said, that uh, pretty much wraps up season two of Listen, Watch, Discuss. Um, as always, uh, thank you guys for listening. And uh, stay tuned for the uh, season three trailer um, coming up in a few minutes. I will be posting that uh, as soon as I post this uh, episode. So um, take care, you guys. I hope you have a great weekend and I will see you in season three.